0: Today, we are going to discuss Jean Key 37 I have with me Roxy, who has Jean Key 37 in her core-slash-vocation spheres. As a reminder, the shadow of Jean Key 37 is weakness, the gift is equality, and the city is tenderness. And I'll describe first the core sphere, and that is the period when a person is in the womb. So it's the gestation period of their life before they are actually born into this world. And uh, what that means is that they hold this gene key throughout their entire life from inception through death as an important part of their lives to realize gene key 37. And when you look at the uh, vocation sphere, that has to do with your inner calling It's more than your inner talent, it's your inner calling that leads you forth to achieve what you have in this world within the setting, perhaps of the workplace, but more importantly, it's in the pearl sequence, which has to do with your prosperity and how you realize that in this lifetime. Okay, Roxy, we'll start with the shadow, and that is weakness. And I just want to mention that the repressive nature is over-sentimental. And that's those folks that wear their heart on their sleeve. But it's more than their heart. It's just truly their emotions on their sleeve rather than their heart and there is a difference and the reactive nature is cruel and those are the folks that put down those that appear to be handling their emotions whether good or bad either way they want to pretend like there are no such things as emotions and often cruel people will take advantage of people that they perceive to be weak. I'd like for you to tell us if you think that you've ever lived in the shadow of this Gene Key since birth or in your vocation.
1: Okay. Um, Absolutely. I think that I have lived in the shadow of weakness as maybe a younger person in the fact that possibly I can relate with the um, repressive nature of possibly being over sentimental. I had having my emotions show and, and thinking maybe that that would then therefore create a better outlook or a better position for me. However, I think Early on, I realized that that was not going to do what I was thinking it was going to do for bringing me into a place in life where I felt confident and strong and showing maybe emotions on both sides. So I think I probably stepped into the reactive nature at times and stepped back into the repressive nature at times as a young person. Because I do remember um, having some strong emotional situations growing up. But I also remember maybe also like having maybe put down someone for their emotion, showing their emotions, which I quickly learned that wasn't going to get me to uh, living in my gift. The shadow was maybe more of a humanity suffering rather than individual suffering for me. So weakness for me was possibly shown by my behaviors and reactions as a, maybe a preteen. Because as a teenager and, and older, I remember stepping into I, my gift uh, of equality. Uh, stepping into that feeling that no matter who was judging me or who, who was going to try to control my life, I knew that I was in control of my life. Basically, I think um, I learned quickly about the shadow of weakness. And as I recognized it more, I realized that stepping out of uh, becoming in a higher frequency into my gift was uh, the much better situation, of course, for me and everyone around me. So that's how I would relate to the shadow of weakness. So you have not felt that you needed to take
0: up the banner for equality among or within the sexes?
1: I think that yes I think I did at, at a young age. I think I wanted to portray that I was strong, I was confident, even though I was a woman. Okay. But doing it by showing my emotions or being cruel was not the, I learned quickly, there was no advantage to that. The shadow would come out more when I was showing those behaviors. So
0: how large is your family?
1: I have three brothers and um, myself, so I okay. was the only girl.
0: The only girl. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you automatically had a viewpoint of femininity in a masculine world. Correct. Other than your mother and you. Yes. You could see both sides, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. because Were you older or younger than your brothers or both?
1: Younger. I was the, the youngest. Baby. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they were protective of they,
1: you. Very protective. And my, the experience with my brothers growing up was wonderful. I, I was never picked on. I was taken well care of. I was protected. My brothers loved me. I mean, they, they really showed me their own style of loving me as their little sister. So I didn't have fights with my brothers. I didn't have bias, you know, from them or anything like that. So I didn't experience that side of it. So, but it was pretty, it was pretty masculine environment because there was three brothers, my dad and just my mom and I.
0: Um, I asked you already, and we looked, and your mother does not have Gene Key 37 or Gene Key 40, either one, in her profile. Correct. So not knowing your mother, I'm going to ask you a few questions to see if we can get a feeling for for how she was with the feminine role versus the masculine role, having three sons and then the baby girl. So the question, the first one that I would have would be, did you feel that she felt inferior as a woman in the family environment?
1: I think at times yes Uh, and the reason I say that is my memory serves me that there were times where she would be very sad or emotional over something that either my brothers had said or my dad had said that were maybe not sexist but they might have made a comment about us being feminine versus them being masculine and that they're the strong sex and that type of thing. And they're the sex that goes out and creates the world and the wife is at home as a mother. So my mother's generation was, she was married in the 50s and was married all, all of her life and was married at a young age. So I really believe that my mother, at a young age, did not have any independence.
0: Did she ever work outside the home?
1: She did, as, as, after we were all grown up. She did, and she worked as a bookkeeper office uh, manager.
0: Well, I would offer to you that it was not a generational issue, at least from your mother to you. And we've looked at your daughter's profile, and it's not in hers either. And I'm going to give you my story very briefly to show you the contrast, because I happen to look at my grandmother's, my mother's, mine, my daughter's, and her daughter's. So five generations have this gene key in the form of either 37, which of course the partner then is 40. So this is a very important issue for my family in contrast to yours. Your mother apparently did not choose to take on that stance of fighting the patriarchy. So she didn't, that was not her journey, and she did not pass that down to you per se, other than in the womb. But it's, I I will ask you, what was your mother's life like when you were in the womb? Was it strifeful or was it copacetic?
1: It was copacetic at that point.
0: She was happy to be pregnant. Yes. Yes, and, happy
1: and wanted a baby and girl. And secure. And secure, yes, yes, at that time.
0: So she did not pass down that conflict that could have been possible. Yes. And so you came with it from the beginning. And has your life been a fight with the patriarchy, especially in the
1: workplace? I have to admit that it hasn't. And I believe the key, one of the keys is, with my Gene Key 37, is that at a very young age, I uh, attach... Or I gave myself permission to step into the gift or from the shadow of weakness and step into equality knowing that I was just equal with everyone else and everyone else was equal with me. And that's always been my attitude toward life, my attitude toward each other. I've always treated people equally and that's, that. in return, that's how I have been treated. So even in my workplace, as I uh, started my work career in the 1970s, and and so on and still working today. I have yet to have been treated unequally because of my sex. That has never posed an issue for me. I really think the key to this is living in the mindset that you are equal and that everyone is equal with you. And I know that he has maybe a, a little different definition of equality in the in the, um, gene key, but that is a key type of, what would I call it, a a personality trait of mine that I have always seen everyone is equal no matter what color or sex or orientation they are and I have felt that same type of behavior coming back to me. So I have been paid over the years as much as my co-workers in the same position. So I had, I have no bias as far as wages and I had no bias as far as receiving a job that maybe in, in the, uh, years be prior to that would have been only a man's position. So I have not experienced that as, as well.
0: So what I hear is that your mission was not necessarily to be a warrior for uh changing the patriarchy
1: yeah correct but i think just as an example out there knowing the confidence that was inside of me that said i can do what you do doesn't matter who you are or what sex or race i can do it just as well and i should be treated equally is just as well so i haven't went out and and marched in a march or taken up the sword or you know the 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 shaft for um for equality for my sex, but I think I have made a prime example of someone that has lived a life in equality, uh, peacefully living that life in equality.
0: So it was very instrumental that the partner that you picked in marriage way back when yeah, uh, would be a man of heart, I would call it, or a man who lived in the patriarchy but had an, an open heart to accepting other viewpoints. Is that correct?
1: That is correct, absolutely. My husband, for for 30 years now we've been married, has had an open heart to always from day one treating me as his equal and as his better half. And I've also reciprocated that treatment back to him. We have been more partners in life than man and woman, definitely. And so with that said, I'm sure that I had attracted my husband to my life. By the law of attraction, just basically being the example of equality, I I was going to bring someone that felt that same way, mm-hmm. and so yes, that's absolutely true. My husband has an open heart, he has an open mind, he has been beside me working just well, just as hard as I have all these thirty years, um, making our livelihood and our life together, and never was domineering, never was controlling. It it was it's just been wonderful experience all the way around.
0: So the young men of today that are in their 40s and 50s were born of the first generation of women to work Mm full-time that had upward mobility. Women have worked forever, but they never had upward mobility. But in the 70s and the 80s, there began to be a movement to allow some women to move into managerial roles. Often that came at the expense, I would say, of being the home provider. And if a woman had married a male who believed in the patriarchy and believed in the hierarchy of the man is at the top and and the woman is the servant, and then the children are at the end of that strain, often there would be a divorce. And so it's a well-known statistic that a lot of men that are currently in their 40s and 50s were raised by single mothers. So not always, but sometimes and often, the single mother was able to open up the mind, the perspective Of their sons to recognize that it is more than a hierarchical world. And of course, the Jinkies are all about synergy, all about Mm -hmm. equality, all about it's called heterarchy and not hierarchy.
1: All right, nice.
0: And so those mothers from that era were preparing their sons who then became fathers of sons. And it the, passes on and passes on. So you have not had a son. You have had a daughter who's in her early teens now. So let's talk about what her perspective is going to be in finding a mate based on the equality that you've had in your marriage and in her parents in their attitudes
1: okay yeah that's um that's a great question and I I really feel that as the example that we've provided with Tiana for these number of years that she's been with us i I really think that she feels as equal and is able to do anything that she puts her mind to as anyone else in this world i I know that we've that that she has an open mind and an open heart. I know that she works very hard in her schooling and her studies and anything else she puts her mind to. And I think that what she will look for or she will attract to herself is someone of the same nature, someone with an open heart, someone that is open-minded, someone that is true to themselves. That's another valuable point. She's being raised with an open-minded father and mother and an open-hearted father and mother and we're providing examples of going through life going through difficult situations but going through it equally going through it with a sense of we can do this together of teamwork that no one is left out no one is excluded or no one is controlling the situation. We've had many family meetings where we've sat down and discussed uh, decision making and she has been a part of it. And so I know that from my observation of her, I feel that she will basically attract someone in her life that will always treat her equally, because I don't think that she's known anything different. And if she does see something different, it'll be such a contrast that Mm -hmm. it will spark something in her that may say, okay, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel that it's been a value for her to be raised by her father that's been an open-hearted, equal person, and a mother that's been an open-hearted, equal person, both of us sharing all the responsibilities uh, in life as we walk through our paths together, but yet allowing each other to evolve in our own ways and be respectful of that and admiring of that too. So that's that's how I think she'll go forward into a relationship.
0: We'll talk about the city a little bit. Do you feel that you have experienced the tenderness and it's really from a macro level it's not from a micro level it's the tenderness of knowing that the world is suffering and that you're a part of that experience so you have empathy for that but it's a little more than that it's a lot more than that but but it's it's in recognizing that the feminine archetype has a wide global view and the masculine archetype is going to be of service to put into manifestation that view as a partner as partners the feminine has the tenderness portion and the masculine has the strength to bring it into being have you experienced that in your marriage
1: oh yes yes we have I definitely have experienced the situation of Todd supporting me in providing healing or other modalities that demonstrate a tenderness for all of humanity. I have just been as open to being uh, here in this incarnation as for service. And he has supported that service of, of me walking forward in that. I would say that that is a good example. I really feel that this incarnation for me has been of emanating this tenderness to others that may see this as an example of them walking a path that would create more of a peaceful lifestyle for them. Tenderness in that, uh, if I remember correctly, the phenomenon of passing on this gift, making sure that this gift has been an example for others, and being of service to others, and being selfless in the fact of not considering what maybe i need as an individual but what the community needs or the humanity or the world needs and so yeah i've i've experienced that and and todd has supported that
0: this gene key has a lot to do with the way that gene key 55 describes the family relationships are going to be in the future they're not that hierarchy with the patriarchy at the top and then the service of the woman and not it's not the matriarchy at the top either it's side by side
1: side by side and
0: and so the family unit will be very different than it is and it's already been for the last 50 years especially in america Mm -hmm. it's always not always it's it's been multi-relationships that create a family i mean we broke that barrier a long time ago of oh, yeah. the 50s image of the male and the servant female and, and of course the male made the money and the woman stayed at home and raised the kids right. and, and the kids then went off on their own and, and the woman just kept serving the male for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. she didn't ever get to be her own person ever she just was a, a servant basically for all of her life mm-hmm. and that's changed It it's already in the making it's going to be even more so we're going to mm-hmm. have more communal family
1: relationships. Absolutely. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. And I have seen that in my lifetime here. I have seen family dynamics change dramatically over the years to where it's not just one family raising a child. It could be many. It could be a uh, like I always um, say that I've adopted moms and dads and aunts and uncles and s- brothers and sisters, and that to me is such a value to bring others into your close net environment of, of your own community. Also, it's such a value for the children because the children don't just get your perspective or they don't just get their father's perspective, but they get other people's perspective that they can look up to or that could be a mentor for them in the future. I foresee family dynamics changing as as much as you you maybe have seen it in your lifetime I will see it exponentially in mine because I think it is changing exponentially in just in my lifetime Uh, from from the time that you just talked about where the female stayed at home and cooked and cleaned and took care of the children and the man went out to work I have never experienced that. I have always experienced the team effort of a husband and wife or a man and a woman or a woman and a woman or man and a man. And I believe that there is a value in all of these different dynamics for children to be raised in an environment where everyone is equal, everyone is considered valuable and worthy and that they see this and they grow up with this and they will be imbued with this example to pass on. It, it's just... It excites me because I have seen in many of the areas that I work in, either the high school that I used to work in or the college that I work in now, I have seen the dynamics of young people change in the last 20 years that I've been in these environments. And it is just heartwarming that we are creating more of a society that is inclusive and respectful and diverse and admiring all of that and passing that along
0: well It's your generation that is preparing the next generation to take on that role, to put all of the past in the past. The 60s were a very volatile period of time, and they had no idea what they were bringing in from Mm. the future. Mm -hmm. But that was when all of that past imagery from World War II on with the uh, patriarchal home life has just exploded into completely different ways of being yes and there's no going
1: back no absolutely not and i believe as 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 a human as part of the human race that we all know deep down that the shadows don't have to be lived in we can live in different frequencies we can live in the gift frequency and we can touch in the cities i know that there is no going back because as we evolve as as humanity involve evolves it will just keep going, and it will just create a different world altogether than what was known. And why would we ever want to go back to a past that was limiting and controlling? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, freedom is is one of our gifts in our, our cities. <laughs> yes, <sorry>. uh, <laughs> G55. The five, that's right. Yes, yes. So,
0: well, I, and, I just want to mention that uh, recently uh, I heard uh, Richard Redd talk about a new sequence that has come to him. It's called the rebirth birth sequence and i'm not going to describe it fully in in this interview but i just wanted to give you a glimpse of the reverse of the activation sequence oh wow so you keep your own gene keys the oh. name of the sphere has changed and so the one in particular that i wanted to point out to you is what we knew at at the lower end of the the Circle to be the purpose sphere is called the arms of mother.
1: Oh wow! Isn't
0: that absolutely the most gorgeous? It just brings yeah. tears to my eyes. Yes, it's so beautiful.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: so this rebirth sequence starts with you closing your external life's work and moving more in. And it, oh. it could be retirement, but it it could not be retirement. You can continue your life's work, but be moving into the knowledge, the internal knowledge. Mm-hmm. That this lifetime is going to be ending. I mean, it could be a you know a, a doctor's edict, if you want to call it that, or whatever the impetus would be. Mm-hmm. But it's examining the end of life experience,
1: ah.
0: and so you go from moving your focus. From the external life's work into compassionate closure, or in other words, looking toward the end of this lifetime. And then you move through the karmic legacy and the dissolution of the ego, and you end up at the end of this life in the arms of Mother, which... He describes as unconditional love, a welcome uh, embrace, someone saying to you, "What a great job you did!" Uh, Isn't that just a beautiful? That
1: image? is amazing,
0: and that is that that wow. uh, tenderness. Uh, yes, to the nth degree, if you will. Yeah, it, It's the absolute epitome of where we want to end up in our mother's arms. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, absolutely. How beautiful is that? Gosh, I, I'm excited to learn more about it. And, sure. and
0: also that Gene Key 32 has to do with ancestry oh, okay. and the passing along of our, our ancestors, our, our grandmothers and their mothers, mothers. And, and so forth. And uh, going forward to our mothers and ourselves and our daughters. All right, nice. Just just passing on that tenderness.
1: Yes, yes and it, and it's the most valuable thing that we could pass along.
0: The rebirth sequence that Richard Red presented had to do with someone who was facing the end of their physical life, but there's another way to
1: look at it. And tell us about your viewpoint of it. Yeah, so I was just thinking as you were explaining it to me that this could also represent um, a beginning of a new life in your existing incarnation. Maybe not ending your physical life, but ending your life as you wanted to change. You don't want to be that person any longer, so you're going to rebirth into a new person, even in this lifetime. I think that would be amazing and a value to just study this for no matter what age you are, because we can always rebirth ourselves.
0: And this pandemic provides that perspective or that opportunity to put away perhaps childish things, even as that saying goes, but to put away the old and move into, into the, new the new so that the arms of mother that imagery we were talking about is an embracing of yourself of your old self, self. and letting yourself self. rebirth with a new, new perspective, perspective and a new life
1: absolutely that's beautiful <laughs> thank you thank you so much yes. for sharing. yes you're very welcome thank you for the interview